What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Renewable Energy Smart Pod. I'm your host, Sean McMahon, and my guest today is Arthur Colston, the chair of the Solar App Foundation. Arthur is here to talk about Solar App Plus, which is a recently launched app that's going to go a long way towards streamlining the permitting process for residential rooftop solar installations. Anyone with an interest in residential solar, from homeowners and installers to people who work at the government agencies tasked with handling permits, is going to want to hear how Solar App Plus is a game changer. Oh yeah, and the app's also totally free. Before we hear from Arthur, just a quick heads up about some episodes we have coming up in the next month or so. We're going to have not one, but two episodes that focus on green hydrogen. There have been lots of headlines lately about green hydrogen, so I'm going to be talking to Janice Lynn from the Green Hydrogen Coalition and Michael Ducker from Mitsubishi Power to hear more about the promise and potential of green hydrogen. I'm also going to be talking to Michael Rucker, the founder and CEO of Scout Clean Energy, to hear his insights on trends in the renewables industry. And now, a quick message from the sponsor of today's episode, Infor. Infor is a global leader in industry-specific cloud applications to support critical business needs. Infor solutions are tailored to meet the needs of wind and solar generation asset owners. More than 350 utilities organizations rely on Infor's cloud-based ERP solution to ensure their assets and infrastructure are safe and reliable. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me. My guest today is Arthur Colston. He is the chair of the Solar App Foundation, and he also works for RMI. Arthur, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing great. Before we get into this, talking about the Solar App, Tell me more about you. How did you end up where you are? How did you uh, come to chair the foundation and things like that? Well, you know, I got involved in in climate change and renewable energy advocacy in college back about 20 years. And then around about 10 years ago, got into industry. I was one of the co-founders of Mosaic, uh, the solar financing company. And my role was in software and product and and then through startup world and, and software world, um, ended up working on this, this permitting issue and, and the Solar App Plus project, trying to, to just kind of continue to, to drive solar adoption and improve solar for, for people and bring it to more people. That sounds awesome. So yeah, let's get into it. What is Solar App Plus and how does it work? So Solar App Plus is a software tool uh, it was funded by the Department of Energy, the kind of coalition that's been working on it. It's been led by the National Renewable Energy Laboratory. And the software automates the, the permitting process for home solar uh, and storage systems. It is adopted by those cities and counties. Those are the, the jurisdictions that, that are in charge of permitting in the United States and empowers them to offer instant and online permitting for solar often they don't have the tools to do that. And so it's a software tool that makes it easy for them to do that and easy for contractors and installers in that, those areas to pull those permits instantly online and make that process better for everyone. So you said they can pull the permits instantly, like before the creation of Solar App Plus, how long was that permitting process taking? You know, the, the average in the United States was coming down is around five, but many, many jurisdictions were weeks and months. And, you know, more than just the, the long time frame was often the uncertainty of the time frame. So even in jurisdictions where they'd made some progress in improving those time frames, 
when they saw solar adoption go up, that of course increased demand for those permits and then their permitting timelines would go up <laughs> right at times when you'd be hoping that they'd be going down. And so, you know, that jump from a couple of weeks to instant is is huge and, and has a huge impact on the cost for those contractors, on the experience for the customers, but equally so it's just the certainty of it so that the solar customer knows, okay, I'm going to get my solar system as soon as I order it um, or, or shortly after. And the, the contractor can um, assure them that that's going to happen and not have this waiting game that often really creates a, a less than ideal experience for customers and, you know, drives a lot of cancellations, a lot of unhappy customers, um, and a lot of, you know, pain for installers, suppliers, financing companies, um, the banks and other companies that are actually putting money into financing solar. It's a pain for everybody. Yeah, it sounds like it. So you mentioned earlier the jurisdictions and the utilities. So I just want to fact check something with you. You know, I was doing some prep for our conversation and I saw that there are in the U.S., it says that there's 23,000 jurisdictions and 3,000 utilities. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yes, it is. And, (laughs) you know, a a lot of those are very small, um, but it, it really that's how in the United States the law works. You know, these local communities have the authority to. Um, enforce what gets built and how it gets built in their communities. And um, so you end up with, you know, in the United States, a real patchwork of different processes, different rules. And while there's been efforts to to improve on that, to standardize, these jurisdictions are limited in, in the resources they have and the technology, their aptitude for technology. And, you know, you you end up with everything from places where you need to print out multiple copies of your plans and take them in to a, to an actual office and and wait to you know some who have been able to go on, on online and offer those permitting process online but often uh, not automated and so what we found when we were starting this project was there were really only a handful of those that had implemented instant processes. And those were very, very large jurisdictions that had more resources, you know, like LA, Las Vegas, places that had the resources and a big enough solar market to to justify the the cost of, of doing this. And Solar App Plus is making it free for those jurisdictions to, to now do this so that all of those smaller jurisdictions um, and less resource jurisdictions can do the same thing that those leaders did. So are you telling me that, you know, before Solar App Plus, if I was a solar installer, I had theoretically 23,000 different permitting processes, not only like doing the paperwork differently, like you said, online or multiple copies, but also seeking different data points? Yeah. Yeah. So you might have, not only might they be having different, you know, code year, building code years that they've, that they're enforcing, but they may have additional local restrictions that they've put on top of that and even having different, you know, priorities in terms of that enforcement. Um, and so you, you would have, you know, jurisdictions that are maybe more relaxed in their enforcement next to jurisdictions that are more, um, aggressive in their enforcement. And, you know, 
even though 20,000 to 23,000 sounds like a lot, you would actually even get potentially different experience based on which, you know, staff person you got, uh, your, your application ha- happened to get before. So if, you get, so if you get like, you know, the slick person is operating, you can get it in a day or two. And if you don't, you're waiting weeks, huh? Even within the same department, the same jurisdiction. Yeah. Probably not a bit that uh, affecting the time frame as much, but, but just, you know, what they prioritize and, and, um, and, and their enforcement. And so none of that is to blame these jurisdictions. They have a hard job to do, <laughs> you know, and the, these are new technologies. They're changing fast. The codes are, are updating all the time. And, you know, solar is not the only thing that they're dealing with. You know, they, they're, they have refrigeration equipment and laboratories and building, you know, apartment buildings getting built and, you know, roads and bridges and infrastructure. And, and, and they have to keep up with all of that and ensure that it's safe and ensure that it's all, you know, done in a way that is, isn't putting people at risk and, you know, it's a hard job. And so <laughs> it's, it's not, it's understandable, you know, what they, the challenge they had in, in doing this instantly and automating this. Um, and that's where solar app really came in was to really listen to them, build a tool that works for them and will help them provide, you know, the best possible permitting. It's not like they, they want to, to be in that, in the way of, of those solar projects they they're just trying to do their job. So let's expand on that for a second. So obviously I can see the appeal for installers here. You know, they want to get mm-hmm. stuff quickly and done. But what was the launch process like or what stakeholders were at the table because I pre- I presume the audience for this are the folks at those city and county, you know, mm-hmm. agencies that are approving all these things. So when you guys created this, like how did that go? What was the process like? I understand there were some pilot cities. Just walk me through that. Yeah, so you know, in in designing the the software and in particular the code compliance check that is built in that software, we did a ton of research into what local jurisdictions were doing, particularly the sort of leading and innovating jurisdictions. We involved you know organizations that are involved in code creation and enforcement, so NFPA, ICC, UL. And we brought all of that <laughs> wisdom together and all the learnings from, you know, the last decade of, of solar permitting and sort of baked that into the requirements for the solar app software. And we talked to and listened to a lot of jurisdictions and started doing early testing with jurisdictions where they were starting to test solar app alongside their current permitting process. And then in um, late last year with Pima County, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona, Pleasant Hill, California, and Menifee, California, we kicked off a pilot. And so th- these were the first, you know, real permits being issued through solar app. And we did that in those communities with half of their permitting volume going through solar app plus and half of their permitting volume going through their normal process, which really allowed us to look at you know, one, are we having an impact? And and we did see a big impact. How much time is it saving the jurisdiction? How much time is it saving the installers? And be able to compare side by side that it actually is effectively enforcing the codes the way that they want to. And 
and those have been highly successful and those jurisdictions have turned into um, some of our biggest spokespeople and proponents uh, in, in helping to bring this to, to more jurisdictions. And so we just recently came out of that phase and officially you know, launched Solar App and now are available to jurisdictions to, um, to adopt um, more, more broadly. And we're, we're seeing a big boost in interest and, and that's a good thing. So we're actively working to get more jurisdictions up and running using it. And the app is free, right? I mean, a lot of these jurisdictions' budgets are tight. And so let me just plug it. It's free for them to, to use this app, right? Yeah. So it, it was important that it was free to the jurisdictions. You know, one, they're, they're, they don't have a lot of resources. Um, it also gets really complicated for them to procure software that costs a lot of money. It's also funded by the federal government. So the idea was to, to be building this as a resource and a tool for local jurisdictions. And it's currently funded by Department of Energy money funding um, and long-term will be funded by a small fee to the installers. Um, and so when an installer applies for their permit with Solar App Plus, they, they pay a, a small fee for that. And that is intended to sustain the project long-term. And the installers have been happy with it? The feedback from them from the pilot projects has been strong and positive? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think when they experience for the first time and do their first application, there's a bit of a learning curve. You know, it's a different process than what they're used to. And so some of the requirements in Solar App Plus are they're it's essentially the same information that might be in a plan set, but because the solar industry was so organized around creating these plan sets, you know, the <laughs> that there's a bit of a learning curve to shift then to providing that data in a essentially as data rather than um, within a you know visual plan set. And so once that installers learn it and they kind of get the benefits, yeah, huge benefit to them. And we're seeing you know, enthusiasm, um, mostly just when, when will this be available in my community and, and when will it be available in more communities? And um, so maybe some impatience on their part, but uh, that's a good thing because it's um, encouraging everyone to move as fast as possible. Yeah. It's always good to have demand, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I also, but I, I imagine from the installer's perspective, a lot of this energy transition has been talk about jobs, jobs, jobs. And so, you know, streamlining this is the ultimate goal that like, okay, they can just do more business, install more systems because they, you know, like you said, the the certainty and the time frame for the permits has shrunk almost to, you know, nothing <laughs> practically. I mean, is that the excitement on the, on the behalf of the installers? Oh yeah. You know, accelerating growth, you know, and along with that, jobs and all these positive economic impacts um, from this industry, you know, what we've seen over the last 10 years is, you know, the price of solar coming down and that driving adoption up. And when solar, you know, gets far enough below the cost of grid power in a market, that market explodes. And by continuing to make efforts to bring down these costs, um, we'll open up new markets, will accelerate adoption in existing markets. And while the solar industry has been able to, to do amazing process improvements in other parts of the, the solar process. So, you know, today you can get a proposal for home solar and storage in a matter of minutes, pretty much. And you can get pre-approved and often fully approved for financing instantly online, you know, from the comfort of your couch. 
And that wasn't possible 10 years ago. The solar industry's made that possible with tons of innovation and, and amazing entrepreneurs like driving all that change. Then that after all of that amazing customer experience of like, wow, that was easy. Well, then it gets hard. And then you're waiting <laughs> weeks and, and months to get your solar installed. And so it's it's these processes that any one solar company or one solar entrepreneur like can't solve on their own because it's it needs to be a collaboration between government and industry. It needs to be a collaboration between all of the industry partners, all the, these got different government partners. Um, that's how we have to solve that part of this process. And it's just been very stubborn and hard to fix, but solar app plus is making amazing progress. I really believe this is a solution. And if we can do what we've done to financing and, you know, sales and these other parts of that solar process to permitting, I think we'll see significant cost reductions as we did as we were improving those other parts of the process. That sounds amazing. And I can definitely feel what you're saying in terms of, you know, the sales and financing piece of the solar ecosystem being really kind of optimized. Cause as you can imagine, like because of my job, a lot of my internet searches and web stuff is solar, solar, solar. So I get bombarded <laughs> with all the ads, you know, just cause you know, they're tracking what I'm doing. And so all kinds of amazing offers for now, 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 you know, you can sign up now for free and all that stuff. We'll be right back. Infor is a global leader in industry-specific cloud applications to support critical business needs. The Infor vision is led by crafting unique user experiences to support the business, starting from project development and planning through to digital tools for O&M. With solutions tailored for PowerGen and T&D enterprises, Infor is able to deliver speedy and reliable results, such as a 400% improvement on O&M productivity, 20% extension in equipment life expectancy, and millions of dollars of savings through controlling lifecycle costs of assets. And now, back to my conversation with Arthur Colston, chair of the Solar App Foundation. I do want to kind of just circle back to the cost. You mentioned the cost, how it's driving, it's been coming down and down and down because of all these improvements and, and other aspects of the solar ecosystem. So where do costs compare right now in the U.S. with, with other jurisdictions? Do you have any numbers on that? Great question. So... You know, depending on where you look, you see slightly different numbers. Um, but consistently, what you see is in in some of these countries with consistent national permitting programs. You know, Germany, UK, parts of Europe, Australia, you see costs around half, <laughs> um, sometimes two thirds. You know, half of what they are in the United States. And you know, there's other factors there, but it's hard not to to see permitting as part of that because it's one of the biggest differences between us and those those areas. And so we really think it's going to drive a significant you know chunk of that soft cost reduction that we need to achieve. Um, you know interconnection plays a part. There's some other things at play, but the permitting really has these these other effects because of how it affects that time between sale and installation and sometimes interconnection is a part of that but for the most part it's permitting that causes that delay and causes that uncertainty and so if we can shrink that down to nothing and also along with that get consistent rules consistent expectations and bring that to many jurisdictions so that 
the industry can build processes and automations around that expectation, I really think we'll see the U.S. starting to come down closer to some of those other markets. And if we could achieve anything close to that, it would be a game changer in the United States because we are already seeing solar booming. Um, and so to bring it down another you know, 50 cents a watt or something, it would be a huge accelerator for, for the industry. And also, I understand, I mean, you probably know this, that equity, you know, not financial equity, but like societal equity mm-hmm. has been in, in the spotlight mm-hmm. in the renewables industry. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's got to help on that, right? Driving down the costs, it's going to make it more available to everybody, right? Yeah. You know, when we've seen that trend happen as well as the costs come down. So, you know, 10 years ago, the demographics of, of people who were getting solar systems uh, were, you know, often higher incomes and uh, focused on communities of higher income. And you can see why the, you know, these soft costs tend to be comparable across system sizes. So the smaller the system size, the more these have an impact, you know, permitting on a $10,000 system has a bigger impact than if it's a 30,000 or $40,000 system. And so as those costs have come down, we've seen a real trend for more solar in communities of, you know, lower middle income and, you know, all the cities we talk to, this is a huge priority. When, when you're talking to cities about solar, yes, they, they have climate goals. Yes, they have renewable energy adoption goals, um, but they also are really concerned about, about equity, about making sure that solar is accessible to more people um, of different incomes in their community and, and costs. Any way you can bring down costs is going to help with that. And we've seen that in the data. That sounds excellent. So for the app, Solar App Plus, the plus wasn't always there. Talk to me about that. I understand it's the storage piece. So how did that kind of get added on and and what are you seeing in the marketplace for that? Yeah. So even earlier in the project, we knew that storage was going to be a part of this, but we really started to feel like it was important to convey that and, you know, the plus was added. So, you know, Solar App Plus the initial rollout was for solar PV. We're now testing battery storage systems and with the expectation that, you know, that will be broadly available later this year. And, you know, the trend that the industry is seeing is that increasingly solar systems are having battery storage included with them. You know, previous photovoltaic customers are adding storage to their, their systems and, you know, if those trends continue, I think you'll see a large, certainly in, in some markets, a large proportion of solar systems, including battery storage, because customers want it, it adds a lot of value for them. And it uh, often um, adds a lot of value for utilities and for other players in the system and, and makes communities more resilient, people more more resilient um, in the face of fires and power outages and storms and flooding and, and all these things that are you know, really part of the motivation for folks to want to to get this in the, in their homes. What other pain points are out there for the deployment of, of rooftop solar? Uh, I know that this is a, sounds like an amazing tool to kind of bring costs down and, and, you know, make it more available to everybody, but are there other parts of the process that, you know, whether you're tackling them right now or not, that you're just aware of that could use some focus? Absolutely. So we focused on permitting for the Solar Plus project 
interconnection is another huge <laughs> challenge um, that varies across all these utilities. We actively talk to a lot of the folks working on that problem as well, and and the, there's we're seeing opportunities for synergy there. So our, our hope would be that in a couple of years, these processes are are both improving first in parallel, but then starting to to sync together where you might see, you know, data being able to be passed between the permitting process and the internet connection process so that they both can be automated and, and both can be consistent um, and in line. So, you know, interconnection needs improvement as well. And then, you know, these consistently, the solar industry has to, particularly the home solar <laughs> industry, needs to fight these battles of, you know, net metering and utility rules and ensure that it's a fair playing field for, you know, residential solar. And in that isn't going away and it's going to be a, a continued challenge for this industry. But again, anywhere we can lower costs, it takes the pressure off those other parts. And so, you know, if say net metering rates get slightly worse somewhere, if we've managed to significantly lower other costs, you know, we might sustain a market that otherwise would have been lost. Yeah, we've covered the whole net metering debate here on a on an earlier episode that was, you know, pretty popular. I think a lot of people it wasn't on their radar screen, but but now it is. What's next for you and the foundation? Uh, I know we talked about other things, other pain points you see, but what about stuff specifically that you know you're aiming to tackle, or is your mission right now to kind of just drive expansive adoption of, of Solar App Plus? Yeah, I mean that's my main focus, and um, you know the, the focus of the Solar App Foundation is you know to see this this project to success, and you know we consider you know where we've gotten to to be a big achievement, but it it won't have the impact we want to have until it's broadly adopted by many jurisdictions. You know the solar market is largely focused in a couple hundred jurisdictions. So we we're hoping to, and we have goals to reach hundreds of jurisdictions over the next year or two. And we're confident we can do that. It's going to be a lot of work, but you know, that's our, our, our main focus, you know, personally, I'm interested in seeing that success happen, but I also, you know, there's other parallel efforts that I'd really love to see be successful. You know, I mentioned the interconnection process. I'm very interested in that, you know, and there's similar challenges with, you know, like EV chargers, charging stations and other parts of this clean energy infrastructure that needs to be deployed incredibly rapidly this decade. And if we don't, you know, fix some of these, you know, bottlenecks in regulation, for all of that infrastructure, we're not going to be able to deploy it fast enough. And so I'm very interested in that and um, involved in conversations around those related efforts. I think there's a possibility that there'll be learnings from Solar App Plus that are applicable to those other issues. So are you saying that learnings from Solar App Plus will be used for the permitting process for things like EV charging stations? Yeah, Absolutely. There's a lot of parallels, there's some differences, but there's some parallels and um, a lot of the same challenges, you know, many jurisdictions, different rules, rapidly changing technology that it's hard for these jurisdictions to keep up with. Um, and I think a lot of room for creating tools and uh, best practices that can be adopted across jurisdictions. And it's, it's a very similar conversation happening um, in that space, I think a little earlier than the than where we're at with Solar App Plus, but um, it's very important. 
Well, that sounds great. Anything else you want to add or tell our listeners about? You know, just I always like to everyone in this this space, I'd like to just thank them for, you know, all their hard work. And there's so many amazing people driving innovation and working their butts off to to drive solar adoption and fight climate change. And just a big thank you to everyone for all they're doing. Thank you, Arthur, and uh, everyone on the team that kind of helped create the Solar App Plus. It sounds like it's going to be an awesome tool that hopefully, like you said, will be deployed in jurisdictions far and wide. I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Thank you. And now it's time for the pod brief segment of the show. And I want to add one comment about the conversation Arthur Colston and I just had about Solar App Plus. Here in the U.S., it's really easy these days to poke fun at the dysfunction of the federal government. Big government messes up everything, right? And how many, quote, infrastructure weeks have there been? It's a total joke. But the Solar App Plus is an example of that very same big government partnering with the solar industry and other stakeholders to create a tool that's going to help everyone. Homeowners will see their systems installed faster. As Arthur explained, solar installers will benefit from more certainty around the timelines for their projects, which will hopefully allow them to add jobs, 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 so they can complete more installations. And the government agencies that handle permitting? They're getting a killer new app for free. The Department of Energy, via the National Renewable Energy Laboratory, played a key role in making Solar App Plus a reality. Remember that the next time you hear someone criticizing the supposed dysfunction of big government. That's our show for today. I want to say one final thank you to our sponsor, N4. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and colleagues. And be sure to follow us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at RenewablesPod. And if you'd like a daily dose of renewable news delivered to your inbox, head to smartbrief.com and sign up for the Renewable Energy Smart Brief. The Renewable Energy Smart Pod is a production of Smart Brief, a future company. Mm-hmm.